Well, listen, um, a, a little while back, I was, uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but I felt kind of checked, kind of poked by the Holy Spirit to, uh, to kind of lift the lid on my faith. I felt like there was a lid on my faith. I don't know if you guys have ever gotten to a place like that. You get a little stagnant, a little stale, you know, a little flat, a little flat line in your faith. And God was kind of showing me that there was a correlation between that stale, stagnant, flat faith and my dreams. I wasn't dreaming. I wasn't, I wasn't believing for big things. Last week I defined dreams, you know, as a statement of faith. You're, you don't see it now, but you see it by faith. Can I have an Amen. And so uh, God was just lifting uh, the lid off and, 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 and kind of putting some things back in my heart again. And, and that kind of was the uh, impetus, the, the catalyst, the genesis of, of this particular series. Last week we talked about, we kind of defined big dreams. We, we, we brought some inspiration. Hopefully that will lead to some perspiration. Come on, somebody, some hard work in the faith. And I want to highlight kind of two takeaways last week. How many here last week? Raise your hand by a show of hands. Praise the Lord. The rest of you didn't like the message, so you, you didn't come back to church. The other ones that weren't here. Praise the Lord. But one of the things that uh, we talked about when we were defining dreams in the scripture, uh, dream uh, oftentimes when it's translated uh, is translated restored to health. So you can make a, one of the correlations we made is you cannot be healthy in your soul, soul meaning spirit, mind, and body. When Jesus saves you, by the way, he doesn't just save your body. He doesn't just save your mind. He doesn't just save your spirit. Your soul, entirely. He saves you entirely. So when I'm talking about health in your soul, to be healthy in your soul, you need to have a dream. To be really healthy, listen, you need a big dream. You need a big dream. So I was challenging you guys to begin seeing, seeing those things right, seeing how connected some of the things that are going on in your life. You're not going to fix all the circumstances that are wrong in your life. You're going to simply introduce a bigger dream into your life, and your circumstances will fix themselves. Yeah. Amen. Say so he's preaching early already. And this is just the review. This is just the review. So the first point was that to be healthy, you need to be dreaming. And in Proverbs 29, we unpack several renderings, translations of this verse. But there's, there's, uh, this verse basically says, where there's no vision, the people perish. Uh, when there's no dream, people, in one translation it says, they cast off restraint. They kind of have a, I don't care, que sera, sera attitude. They're, we're on cruise control. We're just kind of going through life, and we don't have the meaning that God has for us. But one of the translations that I loved was from the message, the paraphrase, and it says it like this. If people can't see what God is doing, in other words, you can't see. By the way, we'll highlight that today. Then people stumble all over themselves. They trip, they fall, um, they fail. When you can't see the dream that God has for you. But when you can, it says when you attend to what he reveals. So does God want to reveal something, yes or no? But you have to attend to it. You have to go after it. You have to apprehend it. When you do, the Bible says you're blessed. Anybody want to be blessed? Anybody want to be healthy in their soul? Then you got, you got to be a dreamer. You got to be dreaming. And we define dreams really in different ways. It's not just pipe dreams and, like I said, in daydreams. It's faith. It's a faith statement. And then the second takeaway, everybody say number two, was there's, there's different people, I said, in the room uh, last week. 
And the goal was to get not from, there's people sometimes that aren't dreaming. There's no dream. There's some people that have a wrong dream. We, we went through these different categories of dreaming. But the dream that God wants for you is a God dream. A transcendent dream. Transcendent dream. It basically means that there is purpose and meaning in what you're doing. Because some people, it's not bad for you to have a dream for something you want to do for you. That's not wrong necessarily. But that's not the highest order of living. It's not going to bring true satisfaction. Remember the old song, I can't get no satisfaction. You know, you're not going to get any satisfaction if you're just living at that level, that success mode. Survive success significance. God wants you to go to a higher level, a transcendent level. That's a purpose and meaning level. That's a God-honoring dream. There was a man uh, that I studied. Uh, his name is Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl. And he, um, he was alive, born in 1905, died in 1997. He was a uh, psychiatrist and neurologist, uh, a Jew, um, uh, lived Austrian, um, and he lived during the Holocaust. In fact, he was, um, he was taken during that period of time and somehow survived it, amazingly survived the Holocaust, saw horrific, horrific things. His children his wife killed in concentration cha uh, camps, gas chambers. He saw people that he loved dearly uh, who were murdered. And he came out of that as a survivor. And amazingly, he went back into his practice as a psychiatrist and as a neurologist. Now, he wasn't a Christian, but he unknowingly, I think, developed a Christian therapy. This therapy was called logotherapy. Now, logotherapy... Um, he, he applied it to 80 patients that he uh, contracted when, when he got back into practice out of the Holocaust. These 80 patients were people who were all suicidal uh, because they were survivors of the Holocaust. So every single day they were wrestling with, with purpose and meaning. Should they live? Should they go on? During this time, a famous... Um, uh, psychiatrist that you guys would probably all know, even studied in high school, Sigmund Freud. Re recognize that? Okay, in a nutshell, Sigmund Freud's uh, theory for, for how to live healthy was you would, you would need to, uh, he would prescribe or he would introduce the necessity of pleasure. If you're struggling with this, you need to do this to feel better, to make yourself happy. If you start going on vacation, you need to buy this, you need to do that, to whatever would make you happy. The, the, the prescription was pleasure. And Frankel said, no, that's not the prescription. The prescription is purpose and meaning, and pleasure is just a mask for those things. Are you with me, everybody? And you know that to be true in your heart of hearts. You can, if you're living for those things, you can go away on a vacation carrying these, these pains and these problems in this baggage, get rest, come back, and still be tired when you wake up the next morning, right? It didn't satisfy. It didn't, it didn't solve it. And that's because, and, and, and it's true, and, and so Frankel was right. It's because you needed something else, and what you needed was meaning. And so he developed this theory, back to the theory, that the logotherapy was that people needed three things. They needed meaningful work. They needed a community of friends. And they needed to take their pain, their past, and their experience and use it to help other people. 
Are you with me, everybody? Listen, this is, this is my word to you. That's what the church does. That's what we do. We, we have one little upgrade to it, but we help people find. That's why, you're, that's why you should be part of this. You're not going to get over whatever it is you're trying to get over until you do meaningful work, until you do it with a community of like-minded people, until you take your past, your pain, and your problems, you get healed, and then you help other people in the same area. Can I have an amen? All locations say amen. Praise the Lord. So that's my review. Say that's the review. So let's talk about today. Today, um, you guys all praying for me in my voice today? Praise the Lord. It's going to hold on for two services in Jesus' name. Um, today, why, do we, why, do we, why is it important to live out dreams? The first, one, the first thing I want to say quickly is because dreams, listen, are the language of God. That's how God talks. See, some people say, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I've never heard the voice of God. And I would say to you, if you've ever had, simply put, a God-honoring dream, then you have heard from God. Because that's how he talks. See, God doesn't speak to us or have to talk to us in the realm, in the dimension in which we live. He lives in all realms if he wants to, but primarily he is a spirit. And he connects to us and even works through us by the spirit are you with me everybody and so god wants to operate sometimes outside of our 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 temporal realities and i know this is a little high and lofty but he's not subject to the laws of science to the laws of gravity to the laws of earth is everybody okay right now and so when he speaks he speaks by giving us pictures pictures and we talked about this last week, so let me, let me help you see this. Because sometimes you read things, you don't see it until it's said a certain way. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Here's what it says. It says, in the last days, everybody say last days. Last day. You remember like when you go to a mall and there's a legend and it points and it says, you are here? You are here. We are in the last of the last days. Like there's some huge things unfolding now, now. And, and so if you believe that. It says, in the last days, God says, who said it? God said, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. So I believe, let me set it up. In the last days, things are going to ramp up a little bit more. And so that's why you need to pay attention to what I'm saying, everybody. All locations, amen. He says, in the la here's what it looks like. In the last days, when he pours out his spirit, here's what it looks like. Your sons and your daughters will, what? Prophesy. That your young men will see, what? Visions. And your old men will dream dreams. So all three of those are pictures. They're all pictures. They're all things that happen in your mind. You get a prophecy. It's something that's coming into the future. You get a vision. It's sort of a download of something specific that God's trying to show you. You have a dream. Those are all pictures. That's because that's how God speaks to us. Are you with me, everybody? And this is how, more importantly... And this verse is saying this. This is how he's going to uh, navigate things in the last days. This is how he's going to help you and me live and operate in the last days through these pictures. Amen. It's quiet in this Catholic church and the other locations. I, I hope you're louder. Okay, so here's the second thing. So, so dreams are the language of God. Dreams are the target of your faith. Dreams are the target of your faith. 
sometimes people say, what is faith? I would just say, faith has to have an object attached to it. Otherwise, it's not faith. It's something that hasn't happened yet. Your, your faith needs a target. Dreams give you that target, everybody. And so there's nothing for you to believe for, nothing for you to pray for, if you don't have a target for something. It's, it seems so obvious when you say it, right? But we don't do it. People say, I don't have any faith. And I would just say, that's because you don't have a target. People might, I don't have a lot of faith. That's because you don't have a big target. You need a bigger target, right? So you, you see these things in your spirit. You hope for them, and then they come to be. Uh, this is so good, whether you get it or not. Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. That's that's. That's faith. That's a target, everybody. Then the third thing is dreams. This is, this is an encouragement to you. Dreams have a habit of coming true. God-honoring dreams have a habit of coming true. Amen? If you think about the audacious, culture-defying, um, seemingly impossible vision or dream of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence. They were, they were forging independence when nobody thought like that. Nobody thought it would be possible to break away from England, but they dreamed. They dreamed of a great nation. And now that dream has come true. Listen, let me say it like this. You're living in their dream. What if they didn't dream that? Okay? So dreams are so powerful, everybody. And here's my prayer. Would you put this prayer up by Francis? Look at this. Francis Drake, Sir Francis Drake said this. This is my prayer for you. Disturb us, Lord, when we are too pleased with ourselves. When our dreams come true because we've dreamed too little. When we arrive safely because we sailed too close to the shore. I think we need to be disturbed a little bit. By the smallness of our dreams. Can I have an amen out there? I want you to pray. God, disturb me a little bit. Shake me up a little bit. Pull me off the shore a little bit. Get me out into the deeper waters a little bit. You know, faith requires a little bit of risk. You know, dreams require a little bit of risk. Dreams require God's involvement. Dreams are less about me and more about we. Can I have an amen? That's what God wants for you in Jesus' name. Now, what I want to do is I want to help you hear God's voice. I want, you to help. I want you to be able to see your dream, like large and in charge. And there's a guy in the Bible that I've been studying for this series. Uh, it's a minor prophet. There are major prophets and minor prophets. This is a minor prophet from the Old Testament. His name is Habakkuk, or Habakkuk. You can say it how you want to, okay? I'm going to say Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a, he was a seer. Prophets were referred to as seers. They saw things that were to come. And Habakkuk... Um, in the first chapter of his little book, he's complaining to God. Anybody do that with God? A lot of our prayers are just complaints, right? Like, God, I really think, you know, this is how you should do things down here. Here's my recommendation for you. That's what I do sometimes. I mean, I really think this is the better play here, God. You know, as if he doesn't know what should happen. But, but even an upgrade or a downgrade from that is a lot of times I'm just complaining to God, like, don't you see what's happening down here? Don't, are you paying attention to America? It's going to hell in a handbag. God, do you see what's happening with the schools? Do you see what's happening, you know, with, with education? You see, I'm, I'm doing, that's, what, that's what Habakkuk is doing. 
in the first portion of the first chapter, just trust me, but for the, for the sake of time, that's what's happening. Then in verse 5, everybody say verse 5. I'm going to highlight this. He says, Habakkuk, talking to God, look at the nations, God. Let's, let's modernize this. Look at Israel. Look at the Gaza Strip. Look at Iran. Look at Russia. Look at China. Look at America. So he's, he's like, look at the nations, God. And, 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 and oh, excuse me, this is God's response. Sorry, this is God's response, not his. And he says, and watch and be utterly amazed. So God speaks back to Habakkuk's complaint. Make that right, Derek. And he says, I'm about to do something, Habakkuk, in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. So basically, even though it's crazy and you're complaining and you see all this stuff, young prophet, I want you to know something. I'm not frazzled by it. I'm not freaking out. The world may be out of control, but I'm still in control. Are you with me? He's not nervous. He's not freaking out. I think this applies to us today. And then he goes on to tell about these people that he's permitting, allowing for a season to do certain things. Let me just introduce, the, the, and, they were, and they were doing bad stuff. And they were going to do bad stuff. And God knew it and allowed it. That's a long conversation. But let me just say this statement. A lot of times we look at what's happening in the world and we think everything's falling apart. When actually it's falling into place. God is lining things up for things he's getting ready to do. Big time things. Are you with me everybody? So Habakkuk says, God, you respond. You tell me to watch, get ready, what I'm going to do. And then you tell me all the things that you're allowing to happen. That's my point, God. Why are you allowing all this to happen? Your, your point is my point. That's what Habakkuk is basically saying. And then God flips the script on him and he says, <laughs> pay attention. Because I want to show you some things and reveal some things to you. Because what you're observing, by the way, I'm not coming back. The second coming is not happening now. You're here and you're the plan. So he tells Habakkuk, you're the solution to the pollution that you're seeing in the world right now. I'm using you. You're my plan A. So Habakkuk rolls up his sleeves, and then he says in verse 1 of chapter 2. Are you with me, everybody? He, so what does he say? He says, I'm going to climb up into a watchtower. Okay, I'll, I'll unpack this in a second. And, and I'm going to wait, and I will look to see what the Lord will say. Okay? So first thing, we see Habakkuk does three things. He says, I'm going to climb to a watchtower. What does that mean? It means he's going to get away and, and, and he's not going to isolate, but he's going to insulate himself in a special place so he can see what God is trying to say. In order for us, and this is going to come in and get practical in a second, but in order for us to get our dream, sometimes we're going to have to climb the watchtower. Sometimes we're going to have to go to a special place. And then when we get to that place, we're going to have to wait a little bit for God to speak. Sometimes we don't wait. Sometimes we just Run along. We have no patience whatsoever. Through faith and patience, Abraham inherited the promise of God. Through faith and patience, you'll get your dream. I'm preaching, everybody. Even though I sound like Brian Adams, this is still a good message. Okay. Then he says, he says I will look and see, to see what the Lord will say. How do you look to see what someone says? Wait a second here. How do you see what somebody says? Don't you listen to what somebody says? No, not with God. And we've established that before. God speaks through pictures. You look to see what he says. Can I have a big amen on all occasions, okay? So 
Then he says, now I'm going to show you these things. When you go to the watchtower, when you wait, when you look to see, now I'm going to give you something. So Habakkuk says, he tells Habakkuk in, in chapter 2, verse 2, he says, okay, guys, this is what I want you to do, prophet, seer. Write down what I reveal. Write down what I reveal to you so you can read it with a glance. All right. Are you there? So I want to give you five practicals super fast, and then I'm going to give you three points of inspiration for your dream. Okay? You enjoying this? If you're a note taker, you're enjoying this. So here's five ways to get your dream. One, you have to withdraw. You have to go to the watchtower. You need to get away from the noise, the hustle, the bustle, the crazy. We, we do it all the time in the natural. Just yesterday, Friday, excuse me, uh, I told my wife, she, she, I made her, I didn't make her, I told her, you should take the day off Friday. She said, okay. And so we took the day off Friday, and uh, I had to work, but I could do it on the road. So we went away. We just went up to Maine for just the day. Had an awesome time, did a little overnight at a hotel, spoiled my, 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 my better half, my girlfriend, Rodden, praise the Lord. Um, we, do, we, we know to vacate in the natural, Right? But sometimes we don't vacate spiritually. You know, you know your body needs a vacation. But you know your spirit needs to vacate? Your spirit needs to vacate. It needs to withdraw. Every, listen, every time you change your, your, your environment, you change your view. Every time you change your environment, you change your view. You need to get away to a watchtower. Some of you, your bucket list won't come into proper formation if you don't learn from Habakkuk and, and, and go to the watchtower. Look, you know, climb the watchtower. Are you with me, everybody? So it's amazing how we don't do that. Jesus withdrew often to lonely places and prayed. Number two, you have to wait. You have to wait. So when you're there, you have to wait. Americans have a really hard time waiting. Like literally, when I go to Chick-fil-A, we have Chick-fil-A owner, several stores in this, in this church, but, like, I'm amazed because they, they time it. They, for them to be effective, they know how long it takes for a customer to walk in and walk out. They have a certain, like, time stamp for that. And, 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 and pe we've trained people because of this <laughs> to think we compare now. So if you go to another franchise and it's slower, you've got that contrast going, right? We're constantly in the, on the move. It's got to be fast and furious. We value busy. We wear busy like a badge. How you doing, bro? Like we never say, we never say, if somebody says, how you doing? We never say, oh, man, just chilling like a villain. <laughs> Nobody says that. Nobody says that because you know what you're thinking? <laughs> I'll let you fill in the blank on that. That's what people are thinking behind the scenes. You know, you got all the time in the world. <laughs> Loser. But if we say, oh, man, I'm busy. <laughs> Woo, busy, busy. My life is busy. What are we trying to tell everybody? I'm important. But you can't be busy all the time and be healthy. You can't be busy all the time and be healthy. It's not possible. Because hurry is the enemy of prayer. Hurry, busy is the enemy of big dreams. It's the enemy of big dreams. The Bible says in Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. You can't know if you're not still. Like, I'm amazed, you know, <laughs> I watch the young people when they're, when they're spending time with the Lord sometimes. You go on a retreat or you see them, you know, kind of pulling away to spend time with God. They got the headphones in. You know, like, hey, what are you doing? Waiting to hear from God. <laughs> we'll pull the freaking headphones out of your ear. You're not going to hear anything. What in the world? Anyway, sorry about that. 
When is the last time you got quiet before God and just said, speak, Lord, your servant listens? Speak, speak. All right, number three, you got to look. What are you looking for? God's word. You're looking for God's word. Sometimes we're looking for God to speak audibly, and God is saying, I already spoke. I spoke for my word. You're looking for his voice. Listen, you need a verse. Don't look for a voice. Look for a verse. God's word is a more sure word of prophecy. It actually says that about itself. His word is spirit and life, John 6, 63. All scripture is uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16. God breathed, came right out of God. So sometimes you don't need a voice, you need a verse. And then number four, write it down. Can't emphasize this enough. Many people are not seeing their dreams fulfilled. These last two are huge, but the most underrated, these last two points, we don't write things down. You got to write it down. I'm just, I'm going to say it again. As your pastor, write down what the Lord reveals to you. It'll be a little crazy. Sometimes it won't be God. Sometimes it'll be the bad taco you ate last night. It's a process. And you'll figure it out. But you got to start right now. I, I told you this last week on my bucket list. I wanted to be a millionaire. Then it began to become God honoring. Now I said, God, I want to be able to live on 10% and give 90. For me to do that, I'd have to be a multimillionaire. See me in 20 years and we'll see what happens. But it's on paper. It's quiet in this Catholic church again. Praise the Lord. All right, so you got to write it down. Habakkuk 2 says that. Then number five, review. Everybody say review. Look at this thing regularly. This is the thing I didn't do really good. I'd write stuff down. I'd do the previous four, and i forget to review it. And so I think sometimes you got to hit pause. I recommend monthly. Don't tell me you can't remember this. I've got a little Alexa, you know, whatever you call it, speaker in my, in my house, right beside my, my prayer chair. And I just say, Alexa, every Monday, 9 a.m., 30 days from today, remind me to review my bucket list. It's right there on a reminder. Don't tell me you can't do it, everybody. I'm not super techie, and I figured that out. You can figure it out. Amen? So Habakkuk 2, the second part of verse 2 says, so you can read it with a glance. I think God, God wanted you to see it over and over and over again. Your written vision. I told you about the house we prayed for. It was on paper. We saw it over and over and over again. Dreams have a habit of coming true if you write them down and you review them. Because it's building your faith. Can I have an amen? So that's the practical. Everybody say practical. Let me give you the inspirational side of it very rapidly. Are you enjoying this so far? Okay, praise the Lord. You guys remember, um, I'm dating myself a little bit. I think this was 2016. But remember that app Periscope? Five people, nope, nobody remembers Periscope. Okay. Basically, there was this app that came out for a little while. It was a blip on the radar. And it had something that now all the apps have before anybody had it, and that was the ability to broadcast live. Social media app where you could broadcast live. And I remember when this first thing came out in, in, in my profession, you know, as a communicator, pastors are like, you know, telling everybody about this thing, it's so cool, and you could, uh, you could create a, a title and then and, and set up a broadcast, and it would tweet all your friends, uh, Pastor Derek's getting ready to go live. And so it was pretty cool for a while there. But it would ask you a question that I remember distinctly before you go live. It would say, in so many words, what, Derek, what do you see? What do you see? And I remember that, and I thought to myself, that's a great question, not for them, but for us as the Church of Jesus Christ. 
what, what do you see? What are you seeing right now? And why is that a nuance of that is because we all see differently. See, you don't, you don't just see with your eyes, the eyes in your head. You actually see with the eyes of your heart. Did you know that your heart has eyes? Let me explain this to you as we go forward. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, I think it will come up on the screen. It says, and this is a prayer I actually pray for you guys on a regular basis. Paul speaking, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom. Look at this as it relates to dreams. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. He's praying that you could see some stuff so that you may know God better. Not just know him, but know him better. Some of you know God, but you need to know him better. But you need, to, you need wisdom and revelation for, in order for you to know him better. And then he says, I love this. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In other words, God wants you to see stuff that is God-honoring. And God honoring. He wants you to see, he wants your heart, the eyes of your heart to be enlightened, pulled up, not down. Yeah. Is everybody with me right now? In order that you may know the hope to which he's called you. You were all called. It's not just I'm called, you're called. You're called to a glorious inheritance in his holy people. That's his church. So how do we get the inspiration for our dreams? 2 Kings chapter 3, there's a story of three kings that are trying to defeat the king of Moab. And these three kings are struggling in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 9. I'll paraphrase this also. And the context of this particular text is saying they were trying to defeat this king. They thought three on one would be good enough, but it wasn't. They were struggling. They weren't winning. They were losing. And there was a great drought, and there was no water, and everything's just going really, really bad. And in this text, uh, suffice it to say, they were living in an old system and, and an old vision and an old dream. Many people in the church of Jesus Christ are not living in God's dream for them for the future. They're living in the dream from the past. They're stuck in a loop, like a time warp, as it were. And these people were doing something they saw God do in the past. And so they decided to march around the enemy seven times. Does anybody know a story in the Bible where you march around the enemy seven times? The walls of what? Jericho, right? And we sing the little song, and the walls came tumbling down, 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 right? Some of you went to Sunday school, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. They're living that dream in this situation, and it's not working because they assume that God's going to do the same thing he did there, here. By the way, God rarely does the same thing twice. Like, if ever, like, you don't see another story of the burning bush, you know? He spoke to God, spoke to Moses through a burning bush. But today, the way man thinks, the way the church thinks, if that happened to somebody here, we'd start a whole denomination, you know what I mean? First church of the burning bush, you know what I mean? And we just plant churches. and every, you, you haven't heard from God unless you had a burning bush experience, you know? That's how we are. But God doesn't always do that. God wants fresh bread for you. He wants new vision for you. He wants big dreams for you. He doesn't want you living in the past and in the old. He wants you in the present. Amen? And so when this happened, and it's not working, they were looking for answers. They're looking for help. 
And by the way, this is another incentive for you to live big dreams. Because when the world doesn't have answers to all the things that are happening, they're going to look for they're going to look for seers. They're going to look for people who have pictures of what are to come. This is so much better than you're saying amen. God's going to look for people like you. So they look for a prophet. You're Elisha in the story. So they find Elisha. Elisha's not too excited about doing business with them, but he favors this one king, Jehoshaphat. And um, it's kind of a crazy name. Uh, but anyway, but um, I'm going to actually, oh, Sergio, you're already there. Praise the Lord. So he, he calls, he calls, they call for Elisha. Elisha comes, and they're in the middle of battle. And in the middle of battle, they ask, Elisha asks, he says, give me a harpist. One translation says, give me a musician. And so he calls the musician. I'm calling Sergio. Can we give it up for Sergio, everybody? <laughs> Praise the Lord. And he's like, so they're in the middle of battle, and he asked for, he asked for the musician to play. Just play something behind me, brother, would you? In the middle of battle, he asked for mood music. No, it's not mood music. It's, and he's like, in all this chaos, I got to get out of this, and I got to get into this. I got to get into this moment. I, gotta, I, I need some inspiration. You want something from me? You're not going to get it from me. I got to get it from God. I need some inspiration. And how do I find that inspiration? Here's my first point. Dreams are birthed in God's presence. Dreams are birthed in God's presence. Can you feel the difference when, when you have that behind you? All of a sudden, everything's different. You know, just stop for a second. If I said, you know, God's with you. God has big plans for you. God has big dreams. It just doesn't hit the same as, I want you to know something. God is with you, everybody. God has big dreams for you. God has plans and a hope and a future for you. And he doesn't want to live in the past. He wants you to abide in his presence. Do you feel the difference, everybody? There's a change in atmosphere. Dreams are birthed. They're birthed in the presence of God. And then he says something out of that. You can keep playing because you're going to make me sound better anyway. I need you, brother. I need you. He says something out of that. In verse 16, he says, this is what the Lord says. So out of that, he says, dig ditches. So there's, there's no water. This is a big problem they're having in this battle. He says, dig ditches all over this dry stream bed. And they're like, Elisha, like, we don't need ditches. We need rain. That's what we're calling you for. The problem is there's no rain. And you're telling us to dig ditches. And that's because in order for us to see dreams fulfilled, we're always going to have to take a step of faith. If you want to see dream come to reality, you're, it's going to require you to move. That's our next series, by the way. If you want to see dreams come to fruition, you're going to have to step out. You're going to have to move. You're going to have to take some action. Every time Jesus did a miracle in the Bible, it required a step. The man with... The man with the shriveled hand, he said, stretch out your hand. He made, the man had to start it. When, when the, the 5,000 needed to be fed, he said, set them all in groups of 50. There was always a step that preceded the miraculous. Are you with me, everybody? And so why does he require that? Because dreams, they must go from inspiration to participation participation. If you want to have your dream come to reality, you can't just dream, dream, and dream. Once, some point, at some point in time, you have to wake up. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. Come on, somebody. You can't just keep on dreaming. 
you got to take action. you got to move. And here's what happens, verse 17 and 18. It says, for this is what the Lord says. God speaks. He's got the, he's got the presence of God. The inspiration's coming. He gives them an action step, and then he speaks to them. He gives them a word. He says, you're, gonna, you're not going to see the wind nor the rain. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that great word. I'm so glad we got you, Elisha. Why did he tell them that? Because he wanted them to hang in there. Because some, some of us, and you need this, this is, this is for somebody at the other locations too. Some of you quit too early on your dream. I think the prophet was preparing us, and I think God is preparing us, saying, you're not going to see it right away. You're not going to see it immediately. You need to hang on to your dreams. Some of you have given up on you. Next week we'll talk about that, how to not give up on your dreams. Next week, do not miss that. But listen, some of you quit way too early. Some of you are fourth in inches, and you walked away. Some of you got distracted. God was about to speak to you, and you grabbed your phone for something. You know, I call it the weapon of mass distraction. You grabbed your phone instead of staying there in the presence of God. And God says this. He says, yet this valley is going to be filled with water. You need to know this. He speaks this over them. Your cattle, your animals, all of them, they're going to drink. He's, God says, this is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. God, the thing that you're so preoccupied seems so big, it's like, it's just, it's bugs on the windshield for God. It is so easy for him. It's not hard for him. He just wants you to see what he's saying. Are you with me, everybody? And last point. Last point is the worship team comes. Campus pastors, all locations can join me at the front. Dreams must continue regardless of what is seen. Dreams must continue regardless of what is seen. He's basically saying, I know there's no rain, but the rain is coming. And I speak that over this church. I know sometimes there's no rain in your personal life. Sometimes there's no rain representing the provision, the promise, the fulfilled dream. There might not be right now, but rain is coming. The last days, God's going to pour out his spirit. And he's looking for sons and daughters. He's looking for people who believe in prophecy, who believe in visions, who believe in dreams. Can you stand your feet as I pray this over you? Here's what happens. you got to dig ditches even when it doesn't look like rain is coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you willing to step out in faith? And it says the Bible speaks in verse 20, the next morning, at the time of the regular morning sacrifice, that was their devotion, water came flowing from the direction of Edom and covered the ground. I believe God wants to cover Whatever is empty in your life, whatever ditch needs to be filled in your heart and mind, God wants to fill that ditch, amen? With every head bowed, every eye closed, all locations, everywhere. I just want you to know God has a dream for you. Don't retire. Refire. Don't give up. Hang on. God has something he wants to speak to men and women, boys and girls, every single person, young and old, God wants to live a big dream through you. Now, if you're here today, maybe you haven't experienced the first step towards receiving a dream from God. A God-honoring dream requires that you meet God and you honor him by surrendering your life to him. The Bible tells us in Ephesians, it says, he wants, Paul speaking, he says, I want you to know him better. Before you can know him better, you have to know him in the first place. And so all locations, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. But if you're here today and you know that you're far from God, you're disconnected and distant from him, and you've never made that commitment, you, all you have to do 
is really salvation is found in one word, surrender. And it's found in one person, Jesus. Surrender your life to Jesus. In just a minute, we're going to sing a song, I Speak Jesus. But I want you to confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and he paid for your sins. And if you've never done that, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Derek, that's me. All locations, hand good and high. Don't want to miss it. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Good and high. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. All the way in the back. Thank you. Framingham, they see your hands. TC, your hand is seen by God. Between me, you, and God, all locations. I want you to say this. I want you to speak his name. Just say, Jesus, today is the day of salvation for me. Come on, everybody join these people. Today I surrender my life. I don't want to do it without you. I honor you and what you did for me 2,000 years ago. And I receive, by grace through faith, salvation. Now I pray in Jesus' name that you give me a God-honoring dream. Father, I pray, let me pray for you now. Father, for every person who prayed that prayer, I pray that as they speak the name of Jesus, that you witness to them that they are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. Behold, all things become new. Everybody, can we all say amen? Come on, let's give the Lord a big praise. TC, Framingham, God bless you guys. I love you all. Bless you, bless you.